What up, what up, what up? You're now tuned in to another episode of the Intellectual Property Podcast. I am your host, Dallas Alexis, and I'm sitting here with the talented, multi-talented, multifaceted, squeaky Moore, and I have a special guest with me, Carolyn Pierre Outlaw. She'll be co-hosting with me, you know, making this thing happen, making this thing rock. Ooh. I wanted some... uh some queen some energy, estrogen some energy. estrogen with me today. Um, so again, so like this is another um, segment of our Women's History Month uh, series, and I'm excited, very excited to have Miss Squeaky Moore Yay, with squeaky. me today. What's up, Squeaky? Uh, hey, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for bringing me on. Thank you. And I got to say, I know you're feeling a little, a little under the weather, so thank you so much for coming out. Absolutely. I hope it doesn't show. Nah, you be good. good. You sound amazing already. <laughs> Carolyn, what up? What up, yeah, what up? You good? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. so um, Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. Have you ladies done anything special for Women's History Month? Anything special? I haven't really other mm-hmm. than um, be great. Be great. <laughs> mm. It's a moment for mm. me. This is um, just an everyday reminder to be great. To okay. be, to, you know, do all that I can to reach those goals and desires that I have and to, um, I do, I, I, I should say though, that for me this month has been about getting visibility, being on podcasts like yours mm-hmm. and things like that, just so that I can continue to be heard and to have a voice. So happy mm-hmm. that I could do that. Mm-hmm. Share my platform with you and, you know, yeah, Carolyn. Yeah. Women's History Month. Just a lot of self-care, man. I've been just meditating more. Um, I've been listening to a lot of inspirational um, content and and just trying to just get to know myself on a deeper level and connect spiritually with myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, so that's that's what I've been doing, you know. Good. Steve. Uh, let's jump right into it. Okay. Squeaky. Mm-hmm. It's all about squeaky. 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 Yeah. All about squeaky. I got a pitch. Squeaky is uh, uh, awesome. That's you. Squeaky. I got a. Pitch. <laughs> it's all about squeaky. Okay. Cool. Um, who is Squeaky more? Um, Squeaky is really like this around the way girl. She is just chill, but she's silly. She's a lot of fun. She's upbeat. Um, I am a mother of two. I am a wife. A darn good wife. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and um but aside from that, you know, I'm ambitious okay. and um and I'm a, a friend that matters to me. That's something that matters to me, being a great friend. And um I'm an author. And a filmmaker, writer, producer, director, um, and an actress. Squeaky is so dope. Squeaky is like so selfless when it comes to sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I was just on Facebook. She had a Facebook Live. I was at work actually mm-hmm. when I was watching your Facebook <laughs> Live with Antoine Allen. Yeah. 
And um, between patients, I'm like going back and watching the <laughs> Facebook Live, asking questions yeah. and stuff. But she's always doing stuff like that to encourage, you know, other artists and stuff and sharing whatever knowledge she gets. She's always willing to share. That's why, you know, I love Squeak. I got love for yeah. Squeaky. Squeak, you know what I think I've seen you before? What's that? 12, is it 12 Steps to Recovery? Yeah. yeah. Tony Clomax? Yeah. You played the coked out? I played the coked out Whitney. Coked out Whitney <laughs> with the thing on her nose. And you were tired yeah. of all this uh-huh. sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Uh-huh. And you went to get your life together. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> uh, that was fun. Yeah. I want to talk about um, Chicago. Okay. Born and raised, right? Born and raised, yeah. So let's talk about your um, humble beginnings in Chicago. Okay. Growing up in Chicago, like how did you... Get, Even get here. Get here. Get to New York. So my, I like to say that I've, I've gone through a major transition. Everything about my life is just always in transition. So I started um, speaking publicly, like or, oration and competing on a um, district, regional, national level at the age of, I think I was 11. I was in sixth, sixth grade. Okay. And uh, that led me to go into performing arts high school which led me to study in theater um, and then getting my master's degree in theater. And um, some somewhere around there is when I wanted, I knew I, I wanted to um, control the narrative a little bit more. So I started producing, writing, producing, directing for stage and mounting plays. And um, I mounted three plays and I can go into a long story about that, what made me stop, but I knew that after grad school, I had said, here's the thing about me. I always say something. It's almost, I I think I was even probably lying. (laughs) If you'd know me, you will know that that's my story. (laughs) I like to lie. But um, I I must have thrown out there. And one year after graduate school, I'm moving to New York. And it's something about putting that energy out there that Mm -hmm. really, really forces you. (laughs) Spoken to Susan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And so literally it was a year and a month later. And I was like, it was in June. It was in May or June. And I was like, I'm moving to New York. And my friends were like, oh, when? And I was like, "Mm, June, July. (laughs) It was like I gave myself a month time with no money. And here I was. And here I am, actually. And so, um, so that's Chicago, but I, you know, I did some, you know, I think I did some really awesome work and some stuff that I definitely want to, uh, revisit, um, for the stage. And I have, I've been away from the stage because I've transitioned and transitioned and now I'm into film Mm -hmm. and, um, and TV, but, um, but getting back to that, those roots, I think I kind of, you know, want to go back to some of that. Like, what was, like, what led you to the stage? Like, what led you to even be a creative? Like, what was that that moment? What was that thing, like, growing up as a young girl? Like, what was that thing that, like, that aha moment that said, you know what, that's what I want to do? Um, you know, I think it was chance, having a chance, right? So, you know, I grew up in the urban area, not really, you know, there was a trajectory that was there that was set for me, right? Yeah. And um, I could have easily found myself on that path. And I think had it not been for, there was a teacher named Mr. Moore. And he was just like, he came and like transitioned our school. Our For what I look at, I think I had the worst childhood, I mean, elementary education there was. Not because the school was, they were fighting and all of that. They just, 
I don't know, the education itself was just poor, I think. And so, um, and so he came and kind of uprooted the school as a teacher and like really transformed it. And he was holding some poetry competition and, and it was no option. We didn't have an option. We all had to present. He was going to go from class to class. That was his thing. And so out of all of the sixth and seventh graders or whatever, I was one of two people that he chose. When I go back and I was like, oh, I must have been a bomb. Like, why did you choose me? And he was like, no, but you were the most teachable. Mm. But but having to go, you know, uh, work with him and practice with him and, and he was responsible because I, I don't even think I really had the grades to get into the, 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 the performing arts school, but I had the talent. And he went and fought for me. And so it was one of those things that he was like, okay, she can get in because she has the talent. And he made sure I was ready and prepared and coached into, uh, you know, trying out for that performing arts um, high school. And and I think that just really um, just set me on a different path. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, God has his path for me. It don't matter what's happening. Yeah. And he yeah. has that path yeah. for me. Yeah. And this was one of those things that happened. And so as I transitioned, um, there was just, there's always been something that has been, I've always been a storyteller all my life, all my life, all my life. I've just always made up these, um, you know, it could be something that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody saw it in, in their own way. But my story was elongated and it was dramatic and embellishments embellished <laughs> and everybody is on the ground. And the more I saw that happening, I'm like, let me give more of that. Let me take. And so, you know, this is one story, but every every bit had another whole full blown yeah. story. So I was yeah. that that girl. And people would get around me just to be like, OK, what you got? next? You know, like <laughs> that. And so, um, and so I think I've just always been that storyteller and it's, you know, because of fear, if I didn't step out on that, Mm -hmm. I would see other people telling the story in all the wrong ways. Mm. And I remember my best friend, um, her name is Tari. She was actually in town (laughs) this weekend. I was complaining about somebody directing a play and she was, she looked at me and she said, um, well, if you think you can do it better, do it. I said, I will. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm thinking, why would I say that? I'm not tough enough. <laughs> and so I did. And no one believed in me. No one believed in me. It wasn't until I got my flyers and I, I literally posted an audition in every trade in Chicago mm-hmm. that people were like, wait, she's she's serious. She's going to do this. Yeah. And, and this is I after just, grad, like this is all grad, like after this grad is. School? I was in grad school. I was in my first year of grad school, and there was a rule that we couldn't do anything outside of graduate school. I could have cared less about any of those rules. I had a mission. I had on blinders, and when I set out to do it, I just kind of did it. I just, I, I mean, I didn't have much money. But I was gonna make it happen, yeah. and I made it happen. And um, you had the vision. Yeah, I did. There. And it was so a sold out event. And um I think we did two shows in one day and they were like standing room only and I thought I could do it again. Let me do another <laughs> one. And I did. I got a bigger theater and tried to make it. I did a few more days and then I did another production and I wanted it to be on a run is what happened. I wanted to run it as long as I could. And it was probably my best work. Um and it was called uh, Good Times. 
and it was a parody of the Good Time 1970 show Good Time. But it was all improv. And so the way the show was set up was that we never knew what we were going to get every day. The the audience um, basically, um, you know, set the show. So there was no one show the same. And it was just the dopest freaking show ever. And people would come and they were laughing. So now I started to get this media attention, but I didn't have the money. And it was before Mm. my days of looking for investors or trying to Mm. find people. to, And I didn't have the money to keep it going. And I felt like people were starting to come, but it was just cutting like costs. I wasn't making any money. I was barely, I was almost still paying some of the actors. Um, I think I had went after Lil Rail. Because, you oh, know, wow. Lorella's from Chicago. Like, so I was dealing with a lot of comedians back then. Yeah. Um, I wanted him to play um, AJ or some whatever I call JJ in my show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I went out after a lot of comedians to play. And even the commercial breaks were all sketch. Oh, wow. They were sketch. And mm-hmm. it was so, f- it was the dopest We need to idea. bring that back. I, I like that. I know. I thought it would be perfect, like in <laughs> Harlem. That back. Really dope. Yeah. And, and you're um, in a perfect city for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's you're what I said. Like a little that. place in Harlem, I think would be just so perfect. But, um. How long did it run for? Maybe two months. That's a, that's a good run now. But mm-hmm. let me tell you why. So I thought I failed. For nine years, I thought I failed. Because when I had to shut the show down. Yeah. Because we just wasn't bringing in the money, and sometimes our because we were able to sell liquor, and I've always been good, with, you know, mixing the. I'm a mixologist in my other life, <laughs> and um, honestly, sometimes the bar is what kept us being able mm-hmm. to Float, pay yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the fifteen hundred or whatever it was week to week or whatever we had to mm-hmm. pay week to week, and the cast. I still paid the cast and all of that, and so, um, I looked at that as failure. And in all my years, I never had an awakening and never tried or attempted to produce or write or direct or do anything else for nine years mm-hmm. until um, I, and I told myself, you know what? You're young. Don't waste your pretty years. You're, you're acting. Just get out there and focus on that. That's what I told myself. And so I wouldn't take, I mean, and people would say, when are you going to do? When are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I knew I was never going to do it because I was just like, I can't feel that again. Mm. I can't feel that failure again. And um, a friend of mine was going on and on about she wanted to produce. I mean, she was writing a show and something had happened. And I'm walking, talk. I mean, I would mm. deal with the whole process, like go through the whole process with her. And her producer ended up backing out or something. Now, mm-hmm. what was it? about that experience that made you feel like you failed? Was it because of ticket sales where the shows sold out? They weren't sold out? Like, were you looking to get picked up and, and, and maybe go, like, on a... Like, I think... What was it? I think looking back, it was as simple as I had a picture in my mind of what that the success of that show looked like mm-hmm. and that I didn't see that picture come to fruition. What was the picture? And so the picture was that it would run the amount of time that I wanted it to run, that it would stay afloat, and that it would, that's it. And it didn't run. And it was as simple as that. So I never looked at the idea, until nine years later, I didn't say, that was a damn good show. Pardon my French. You're fine. Okay, good. good. That was a damn good show. Like, (laughs) 
Dang. The kids sleep right now. They sleep. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, squeaky wow. Like, right? And I just didn't look at it. And and it, it stopped me from even wanting to take the risk. Wow. wow. So the nine years later, mm-hmm. you find yourself in New York nine years later, right? I found myself in New York three or four years later. But I decided I was only going to focus on acting, which I did. And it was through that that I had this friend who wanted me to produce her film. So when you came to New York, mm-hmm. what um, what was the focus? What was the goal to to, to come and act and, and, and kind of like? It transitioned <laughs> quickly. Gotcha. So I came here for acting. I was going to do theater. And I was pounding the pavement. I was mm-hmm. at every equity audition everywhere. I, the goal was to get my equity card and... Mm-hmm. You know, and to get on stage, and I started getting, you know, uh, plays and things like that. And then um, then I wanted to, it was just too much, right? Too long of time for me with on plays. And then, and so I wanted to act, but I just needed something to be in and out. So if I can get in the film and get out real quick, mm-hmm. that's the type of thing that I needed that worked for me. Because I needed to make some real money, basically, is what... Um, where I landed. And so I started, um, uh, you know, acting in film and acting in, you know, television commercials and, um, you know. That's quick. In and out. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Very quick. In and out. Successful. And, um, and then, and then that transitioned into, there was still that pull of needing to, to do something. And I think that's what landed. That's what made me start getting back into film producing. Yeah. And even producing wasn't enough. Now, now did the producing, did the wanting to kind of create your own roles, your own lanes, and your own opportunities lead you into the producing? Or like, how did you say, no. you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to start producing like my own films and my own projects? Like, how did that? I didn't say that. Like, I, so that friend asked me to produce her film and I Got ran it. from her. I said, I'll let you know. And it was a month later before I came back to her and said, okay, scared out of my mind. Like, yeah. oh my God, if this fails, this is my name again. And what if, what if, what if? But I did it. So and you I got flashbacks knew, to the play. Oh my God. It all came so heavy, and and she knew she didn't know why it took so long, and but when I said yeah, it just was there, and I I said I was bit by the bug again, but it would be soon, I mean, very soon that I knew I still needed more. I needed to control the narrative, right, and so I needed to write, I needed to direct. Those are things that I wanted to do, and I just didn't want to be a producer. So I had to start doing the work to to have people see me different, and mm-hmm. that's a lot of that's that's changing almost a brand that people see me as a producer yeah. now. And it's like I need to change that. And so it was down to being, I mean, really strategic about how I listed myself on Facebook and Instagram or whatever mm-hmm. social media platform. Just changing titles. Uh, writer, director, even though I wasn't currently writing, it was like, so I still need people to see me that way. Yeah. And if there was something that I wrote, I had to really highlight it so people can mm-hmm. start, you know, changing how they, I wanted to change how people saw me, gotcha. but also change how I saw myself. And so, um, how did you see yourself? Um, how I wanted to see myself, I should mm-hmm. say. And so I wanted to see, believe again that I could write and direct 
and produce. And so, you know, me changing, doing the work to change the titles, me doing the work to really highlight myself as a writer or doing it, it was starting to make me believe that this is something that I could do again. What were some of the things that you wanted to write? Like what were some of the things that you were writing or, or wanted to write around that time? I don't think I wanted to do TV. Okay. Um, but I don't think I had, well, we did, we worked on, uh, there was the film that we did that did really well. And, um, it 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 went to Aspire Network. Magic Johnson show, Network. Yeah, yeah. Showed on the uh, Aspire. I mean, Aspire Network. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we decided to create a TV show and potentially pitch it because I was at Viacom and I was like, oh, let's do TV. And and so I had you know through working on that like every day, just really building out backstory and pitch bible, and I just knew at that point. And so it was that story. I knew then, too, that I fell in love with um, working on things that really highlighted social issues, what mm. was happening in okay. society. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. it just – it still seems to – I'll come up with some other ideas that yeah. have nothing to do with that. And then it's just like, uh, I need to do this one because this touches – and then I'm just driven to that. That um, idea with that that highlights some sort of social issue. So, uh, film, uh, th- theater, film, and TV. Mm-hmm. What are the differences for you? Like that, that as far so as far as like navigating those three, those three mediums. Well, gosh, they're so different. That's such a great question that I've never been asked before. <laughs> um, I think theater is more. It's raw. Raw to me, it's more. Um, can't cut corners with theater either. You can't cut them corners. You really can't. Yeah. You can't cut the corners, and it's it it's again, it's more of an elongated process, but mm-hmm. it's really raw, right? And then you have to, um, you know, and this is all. I mean, I'm speaking from different perspectives. So there's the actress, you know, in mm-hmm. me that says, you know, I have you have to redefine your character every single day. You 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 bring her to the stage, mm. right? You can't mm. pull out the same tricks every day. And how do you keep yourself so raw and living in the moment that because this person changed their delivery, how does that new way affect how you deliver? Because technically it should be in the moment. It should be real life. You're living in this moment. Mm-hmm. And, and too often, it's I mean, it's really easy to just say, this is what I rehearsed last night. And this is what I'm bringing to that stage, right? <laughs> and no matter what somebody else bring you, you're still like, but this is what I rehearsed. I don't care how they emotional they got today from yesterday. This is what it is, But yeah. to be able to reinvent those emotions in the moment every day. So I look at theater like that. Um, TV and film, you know, so many different perspectives to talk about them as far as like writing or acting from them. Um, but, you know, writing is, it's really different because um, you really have to focus on the dialogue, I think, for TV. You really have to focus really dialogue on the dialogue. Driven. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, of course, with both of them, and, you know, in comparison to theater, there's no takes in theater and then and then of course you got you got time to figure it out 
only so much time, but you got time to figure it out. Yeah. But um, I think they all have their own very different, you know, they come with their own things, things you know, yeah. that they, yeah. that you have to do. And again, it's so hard for me to just with that question because I'm an actress first. Yeah. And then I'm a producer, a writer, producer, director. So I don't it's like yeah. but directing, you know, when you're really directing, I mean, that vision and, and, and you know mm-hmm. that that vision your vision has to be so clear. Your mind, what's behind your mind's eye and how you see it. It has yeah. to be so clear. And when you're creating for film or television, um, you know, for me, it's really important to keep true to what I see as a visionary, right? Because when you get teams of people that are coming now to help you carry out your vision, yeah. it's so easy for that to transition. It's so easy for, you know, money. You know, oh, I only got this much money, so now I was going to shoot it in this room, but it's only my bedroom that's available. But how <laughs> does that affect the vision? The, the, the vision, yeah. and, you know. And so... Um, and then everybody else comes with their own experiences. You got the DP that comes with his own experiences. And then you got the sound. Everybody, you know, and then you got the actors that come with their own experiences. And everybody, they're taking their own experiences on your vision. Yeah. And so you got to really be careful and really be, you know, and this is what I've, I'm learning over time. Like, you got to really be like, uh-uh, that's not how I saw that. Even mm-hmm. though you want to try this new amazing camera trick. Not how I envisioned that going. So uh, let's try to do it this way. Yeah. Or, you know. um, Cal and I had an interesting conversation about that. About. um, Just yesterday. About (laughs) vision and and, and sometimes having to sacrifice that. And and maybe sometimes having too many uh, cooks in the kitchen and having Mm -hmm. to kind of like appease certain things. Or not trusting yourself. Not trusting yourself. Which is a big one. Yeah. Which is a huge one. Yeah. Absolutely. And then not and then so when you're not trusting yourself too, because I mean, I think even with this this uh, recent film that I did, um, you know, being back in the game after um, it's been over two or three years since I've shot anything. And so being back in the game and realizing, dang, I'm kind of off, you know, and so then that whole not trusting myself thing and then I'm prideful and so that's getting in the way and I want to say oh I know what I'm talking about (laughs) and so it's all of that right and so I had to I battled with humbling myself and not letting pride win out when I needed to be there and um you know Henry Ford kept for some reason he kept that the idea of him kept flashing whereas he's a you know he's ignorant and he's like, but I got people around me that are masterful. And so now when I don't know, I got to trust mm-hmm. that they do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's been for me a very humbling experience. But that's a good thing because it allowed me to continue my learning. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I don't know it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know nearly know it all. And there's so much to learn. And so especially I've, with all this new technology, mm-hmm. too. So you're always going to be learning oh my a God. lot like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the uh, the medium of film is constantly changing because mm-hmm. of technology and and like there's like new techniques on how to shoot, like the um even the language, 
is 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 constantly evolving and switching yeah. with the technology. So yeah. yeah, so so you're right. You constantly gotta like reteach yourself and learn new things. And yeah, yeah, gotta continue to be a student of the game. Yeah, continuously. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely, and not you know for me it was like making sure that I didn't become too prideful and, mm-hmm. and you know even after every every night was like a wrap I'm like what did I learn today let me go and journal what yeah. I learned and what I you know so that I could be better next time mm-hmm. um and then again like saying oh my god like having to go back to my crew and to everybody who you know everybody's hands that were on deck to say thank you because I really honestly 100% could not have pulled this off Absolutely. without you yeah. you know and so I have a question, actually. As a producer, <clears throat> a writer-producer, how do you decide, say you have an idea for a story, how do you decide which medium? You know, because that's something I was talking to Dallas about yesterday, had an idea for a web series, and I'm like, well, I think it could be a short film. And he's like, no, I see it as a series. You know, so how... How do you, what's your process when you're trying to evaluate the story mm-hmm. and deciding which medium? Do you see it for film, TV, or or mm-hmm. theater? Well, so one is how long can you tell the story, right? So that can, that can easily decide if this is a web series or if this is a film, right? Can you really see the story living on and on and on and on and on? And if you can see it living on, then maybe it should be a series, or, um, you know, a franchise of film, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. um, and so I think that's kind of a place that I start to see. Um, a- a- again, I go off of, I do have a passion for some reason for TV, and I'm always thinking in terms of that. Um, and so, you know, I just kind of look at how long can this story be told? Um, be told. Yeah. A lot of people come to me like authors that want to take their their novels or whatever and transform them into TV. And I look at it and I say, okay, how long can what's in here live live out? And then at what point do you start making new stuff? And can you make new stuff past what's here? And if if not, maybe this is a film rather than a TV show. Maybe this is a limited series. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's helping people figure out. Like, and, and then at the end of the day, you make a decision and you move on. It's like, all right, I'm going with what's here at right. the end of the day. Uh, yeah. And you move on. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you, like, who do you, I mean, because I know you're constantly creating and constantly writing. Like, do you, like, do you have a muse or do you have somebody that you kind of, like, um, like, bounce ideas off of or, like, you say, hey, like, what do you think about this? I mean, like, do you, like... How do you, I mean, because you do so yeah. much, so like. Um, I think the first person I bounce my ideas off of are my husband. Okay. I mean, it's my husband. And then I have um, accountability partners, as I um, shared with you. And so um, it'll be either Jerisa <laughs> or Kristen, and I'm like, um, okay, oh, I had this random idea. But then I know when it's, when I can't sleep, when I can't like let it go, and I'm like, and it's just always in my head. I'm, I know it's time to create. Mm-hmm. That's when it's time for me to. I mean, because I have a lot of ideas that don't nothing happen. I mean, nothing happens with them. Yeah. Um, but then there's those ones that is like, I cannot sleep. I need to get it done now. And there are some others that I'm like, let me jot this down and let me put it in my Evernote. 
and now I'll come back to it. Or I put it on my whiteboard and I put, you know, I have a line that says development on the whiteboard. And I'm like, these are the things that I'm, in, that, that I'm, you know, that I've, that I feel deem that they are worthy enough to make it to the board. Yeah. I want to get to these. Some, I can have that board, but then that one idea comes and it starts stirring up in me. Who cares about the board? I'm going with that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and this film was a lot like that. The film that I just recently shot, it was it was that. Never made the board. It didn't matter what other ideas I had on the board. This mm-hmm. one needed to be told right away. What's the film about? So it's called What If Then What? And it's a film about a young Two friends, actually. And uh, they realize that they're... um, The boy Cameron, the lead, he realizes that his friendship is changing because um, the dynamics of the friendship is changing because um, his other friend has new friends. And um, he starts to be bullied by his best friend's friends. And that is pulling their... Obviously, pulling their friendship apart. And so it some of the themes are really about like how do you deal with changing friendship but also the effects of bullying and the warning signs of suicide and um or just the missed warning signs you know how, how we miss it. And so the goal is that or my hope is that we can go from saying what did I do? Why did this happen? Oh my God! To are you okay? Let's talk. You know, and and get it beforehand because we're noticing, and we're um, very aware and sensitive, uh, uber aware of what's happening and yeah. signs and things like that. So, yeah. When is the film being released? So it's done. I'm just, um, I'm in. I'm submitting it to film festivals. And we are planning a, a private screening. Okay. Um, we're still trying to decide if it's going to be, you know, in New York or New Jersey. But we are, you know, planning a um, private screening. You can do both. <laughs> you can have a screening in New York. Just go, go energy, big with it. that energy. <laughs> go but, big with um, it. So, yeah, we're looking at that now. And we had a few meetings this past week to say, where do we want to do this? And yeah, how, do we, how do we want to roll this out? I mean, it's a short film. But, yeah. you know, I'm about big. Because it's a social issue, it's yeah. like, how, do, how can we have, what, what does that programming look like, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the conversation about? You know, who's there? What are we watching? What are we seeing for you know, the film is only 13, 14 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what do we see and how do we, what does that programming look like? And so that's what we're really trying to decide now. Do we want this thing to be like a sponsored event or are we just going to go in and have a, you know, and so. Um, so you're still trying to work that, like the rollout for it? Yeah, for just okay. trying to, you know, yeah. I, okay. I, you know, I think it's it's a film that, you know, we got another version cut of it just recently, edited um uh, I think I got it yesterday, and so um, just so it can have a different mm-hmm. version for some other long term, mm-hmm. uh, where we see it going and getting in the hands of other people yeah. and like schools or churches or mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing. And so we're really work- working it out as a um, a movement more so than it is just a film. Yeah. Um, but you know, the film was first because I'm a filmmaker, of course. Uh-huh. And um, now how can we move on that? How can yeah. we really spread this information and, and have a, yeah. a conversation? And what 
what programming can we design around, around this it, film yeah. so that people really walk walk away saying, huh? Yeah. And um, so now that kind see like that that kind of content like I've, I've I've done some films in the past around um, AIDS and HIV awareness, bullying, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and that content, like the socially um, conscious content, um, it lives forever, and it yeah. can. Um, live on many different platforms as well. Like you could go uh, and and do like special screenings and programs um, yep. in schools. You could, yeah. um, you know, like do some stuff in um, um like nonprofits. Uh, do some stuff in hospitals. Like mm-hmm. there are so many um, avenues and so many lanes that you can um, um, bring the film down. Yeah. Um, when it has that socially conscious um, yeah no, um, totally. thing about it. Yeah. So Absolutely. you know what I wanted to ask you, and and this is kind of for uh, both you ladies. Um, your skill sets, like the, you know, like your, um, how did you, how do you continue to sharpen it, and how did you build up your skill sets? I mean, because because both of you do so much, especially you, Suki, like from from writing, acting, directing. Like, how do you continue to keep your your skill set sharp? And but then, how did you even get to that point to get mm-hmm. to say to myself, yo, I'm good at this. Yeah. Same thing with you, Carolyn. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you continue to keep that skill set sharp? And like, how did it even get sharp in the, in, yeah. the, in the first place? Um, I think I always, and even now, I have on my, at the top of each year, on my uh, goal list, um, one category is development. And I always decide at the top of the year, what, where do I need development? Um, and that is spiritually, that is... Um, within my career or whatever. So, and then once I decide, I build out a strategy for that year on how I can develop in an area. And so um, you heard me say earlier that I, um, after I did the film, I was just like, oh, I got to write down what I needed to learn. Mm-hmm. And um, and then so that goes in on the, on that development list, like, oh, I need to learn this and this and this and this. And then the next thing is the goals, what I set out to do. If I know I got a long-term goal to do this, that, or the other, then I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm developing. I'm doing all I can. If it's classes, if it's whatever, I'm doing that to get to that next level. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I don't, I'm not as organized as Squeaky, but I'm always trying to find, um, well, the first part of it is realizing that I don't know everything, right? There's no way you you could possibly know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm always trying to grow mainly as a writer. And mm-hmm. so um, I'm always like I'm reading scripts. I'm always listening to whatever kind of um, um, YouTube video, um, you know, different um, directors and writers and producers and talking about projects. Uh, I do a lot of that. I do. I'm taking a writing class through Sundance uh, Collab now, and um, it's um, for my first feature film. And I already have my master's in creative writing. You know, I got it three, four years ago, yeah. and I'm still like taking writing class. So you know, dope. but it's it's oh. it's but it's knowing that if you want to do justice to the stories that you want to tell, yeah. like you have to you know, live, build yourself up yeah. to be the one to tell that story. How do I do that? I have to get better at my craft. You keep getting better and get getting better. So Continue to be a student of the, yeah. of the, of the craft. You're Absolutely. Right. You're right. The book. Mm-hmm. Tell me the title of the book. 
Hashtag 100 pitches, mistakes I've made so you don't have to. What was the inspiration uh, for the book? And why did you write the book? Development. Um, <laughs> you know, I felt like I was in the process of pitching. And I was in the process of pitching. And there was so much that I kept running into that I didn't know that I would have to lie myself through. That's how I became such a great liar. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it frustrated me. And as I would ask a lot of my peers who are women, black women, none of us really knew. And I realized we were faking it until we make it. And so um, initially, I just went on a journey to rise above the rejection that I would feel when I was being told, no, nah, we're going to pass on that, right? I would take it personally. And I shouldn't have been. But, um, and then it became, I'm going to write something to teach people the way. Because there's, I I have dug and there's nothing. And so let me go on this journey and learn and journal. And then eventually I said, well, let me start interviewing um, other development people, people in the, you know, professionals mm -hmm. that have bridged the gap or people at networks or, you know, that have, you know, had a film in theaters. How did you do it? How did you get your money? How did, you know, teach us what you did mm -hmm. and what mistakes we're making. And so. Gotcha. Where can, um. Where can the listeners find the book if they want to purchase? Or is it an audio book? Is it an e-book? I mean, like, where can they find it so and, and kind of read it? It's on Kindle. It's on Amazon. They can go to uh, thepitch101.com to the store, or they can go on Amazon to get it. I think pitching is learning how to pitch is very, very uh, essential. It's a as skill a, set. Yeah, it's a skill set. It's a creative. A um, def where can um, people find you on social media like if they want to get in contact with you if they want to collaborate mm -hmm. like just like yeah. give us all your social media so handles. squeaky more on everything even my website is squeakymore.com all of my linkedin twitter ig and facebook is s-q-u-e-a-k-y-m-o-o-r-e squeaky more so okay and like briefly tell us like what's going on right now what's in the horizon what's in the future for you right now um, you know, again, this film, I'm looking to really let it do its festival run. And then I'm currently um, writing a half hour single cam comedy and um, which I have an accountability coach <laughs> um, and a development coach to coach me so mm -hmm. that I can meet my goals as well as make sure it's a really good piece. Um and so, and I'm pitching. I'm pitching, pitching. some some. We got to talk about some pitching because because definitely got to pick your brain about some pitching. Yeah. And I might need an accountability coach too because I, I gotta, need one. Get, oh, get, so get some of my stuff popping. I need popping. one for real. Right. I'm gonna keep it a hundred. I need one. Yeah. Carolyn, <laughs> no. yeah. social media. Like, where can people uh, reach you? Like, tell them what's going on with you. Yeah. Like, what's up? Um. So we just wrapped production on season two of my web series, Rhonda Mitchell, MD. Um, you can, you know, find me on Instagram, um, C Pierre Outlaw, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and Rhonda MD series on Instagram, Facebook, um, the series you could see on YouTube, um, mydubocreation.com. Um, and, um, yeah, I've just been focusing on, you know, um, working on my next project which is going to be my next it's a feature film dramedy dope oh. and i want to wrap by this i want each of you to give some advice to a young girl 
um, even a young young man right now that might be listening to this that that wants to um, jumpstart their career, want to get into the business and be a writer, producer, creator, like what advice would you give them? I would say trust the process and uh, maybe trust God in the process and um, and then protect your protect your your mind and your heart right because it's so many there's so many naysayers and um you know there's always people and if you're listening to people you you'd be surprised how much you you take to heart and so you have to be protective of your heart and you have to be able to shut stuff out of your subconscious mind so that it doesn't take on that belief mm-hmm. that other people um have told you got it Advice. Um, I would say, uh, I would say to just, you know, it's, it's cliche, just do it. But does, just even if it's your passion, you know, um, stick to it and don't let anyone. I had, I had a friend who always used to tell me, don't let anyone tell, don't tell yourself no. Mm-hmm. Let other people tell you no. Mm-hmm. But don't tell yourself that you know don't tell yourself no don't Mm -hmm. take yourself out of the running before you even try um and so i think that's a big that's a big piece of advice i would say is just don't give up just you know um a a lot of people that you're seeing out there isn't they're not more brilliant than you are they just worked harder to get to where they are they stayed consistent and they stay consistent so yeah yeah great advice and like one thing i kind of found out like um as I grow older, like a lot of the cliches, like a lot of the um, phrases that were told to me as I grew up, <laughs> um, they're cheesy and corny, but they're true and they're mm-hmm. solid, mm-hmm. right? They're mm-hmm. true and they're solid. And like once you stick to it, you'll be fine. But ladies, thank you so much thank for um, for joining me tonight. This was yes. fun. We got to do this Squeaky. again. We got to do this again. Yeah. Again, squeaky more. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much, CPO. Carolyn Pierre Outlaw, thank yes, you so yes, much yes. for having thank me. Thank you. Always a, always a good time. Guys, thank you for joining us. Signing out, Intellectual Property Podcast. Remember, envision it, create it, share it. Most of all, make sure you're getting paid for it. Peace. <laughs>